Tschüss. East South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. What is it that we're going to ask him about? Play it too long, it kills the podcast. You play it too long, it kills the podcast. Oh, <laughs> oh beautiful! So, so the <laughs> copyright stuff. <laughs> I, I had them. I had them kill a pod. The Spotify killed one of our podcasts because I played Beatles "Come Together" too long. So, if we play bumper music too long, um, it kills off the podcast, which is um, the way it is. You know, so we have to be mindful of that. Yeah. We do. Marcus is like, no kidding, dummy. I'm the one who told you that. <laughs> That's what I just said. Right. <laughs> but I, I am, of course, just bringing the audience along for the, uh, for the conversation. Oh, yeah, of course. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Marcus, we have this, um, and we're going to talk more about it at the 9 o'clock We were talking hour. about the, the, the life of um, former U.S. Senator uh, Lloyd Benson. Lloyd Benson. He, um, not a bad Democrat. Um, a Texas last, Democrat. Probably one of the last statewide Democrats in Texas. Besides the, the governor that uh, Bush 2 beat. What's her uh, name? Richardson. Yeah. You know, you, you, you would have thought that um, Beto O'Rourke was going to do it, but apparently no. <laughs> oh, my God. So Beto... <laughs> Beto O'Rourke, he burns more money than a bank these days, right? Well... I yeah. think I saw the it's numbers. A, it's a laundering operation for for consultants. So legal legal laundering operation for consultants because it's like the Jamie Harrison campaign. So for people who don't know, some of these Senate campaigns cost hundreds of millions of dollars, and they don't even come close to where they're the 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 the, the stated objective of the campaign. And the reason, I mean, like Jeff Deal. Well, Jeff Jeff Deal didn't get that much money, but um, no one no one bothered. But oh, when he ran against Liz Warren, he raised a lot of money. Oh, when he ran against Liz Warren. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. I thought you were talking about this go around. No, 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 no. So and um so uh so So Marcus. So what I was saying was so some of these I just realized what why I was having problems and, and why you, you didn't realize I was having problems and why I didn't realize with the audio. It's because <clears throat> Stroke Leg had, had unplugged the headphones. Huh? My stroke leg and unplugged the, the headphones. Oh. So normally, on the other side of my body, I can feel certain I things, get right? It. So the reason I was looking at you like, what's going on? It's because my headphones weren't working. Um, so I assumed that we were our microphones weren't working, but really it was just my headphones weren't working because I had unplugged them with my stroke leg. 
You got to watch out for the stroke light. You totally got to watch out for it. But unfortunately, I can't feel it. That sounds like a Seinfeld bit. You got to watch out for the stroke light. It's it's <laughs> it's stroke like stroke like. You have to laugh. People go, "How'd you make it?" I go, "Well, I just laughed at myself." And I continue to laugh and amuse other people, obviously. Sorry. No, no. I want you to laugh. It's funny to me. <laughs> I'm so, just going to go. I'll no, see you later. I'm you, just kidding. Listen, I know I'm funny. You, it's, it's funny, right? Um, it's, react, but I was, I was trying to understand. For some people at home who wondered why the, we, it sounded uh, messed up. It's because, well, I am messed up. So, <laughs> so, so it used to be that I was drinking on the air, but not now. <laughs> I'm joking. I wasn't ever drinking on the air, but it sounds funnier than the reality is today. <laughs> I can't feel my feet. <laughs> well, just on the left side. Just on your left side. I can yeah. feel on the right side. Yeah. So you just... <laughs> you can tell because I'm on my leg. <laughs> it's not great radio, but it's on my legs pointing in the wrong direction. I just pick it up and move it. <laughs> it makes a hell of a paperweight. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't feel the paper underneath it. So I couldn't feel the headphones cord under my leg. So when I moved, it, it ripped it out of my out of the headphones. And that's why you couldn't hear the audio. And I'm going, what do I do? I got you. Right. So you just And of course my mind doesn't work like it used to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, it's enough handicap humor for the time being. I don't want to. I don't want to get for in the time being. I don't want to get in trouble. By um, whom? From you know people who don't appreciate good handicap humor. That I. By the way, people go. How do you make it? Well, I got a whole new field of jokes I was never able to make before. <laughs> I got a license <laughs> to make jokes that normally was that was way, the point of was all this. It was, <laughs> he was bored. <laughs> it I was need, off limit. I need new material. How can I? <laughs> where can I go up with where new jokes? I, where can I tap into this new material while at the same time not getting? Fired? I wasn't willing to become transgender. I'm not that committed. <laughs> Humor is my career, but I just was not that committed. I, I'd rather I'd rather be paralyzed than lose, you know, that appendage. I'm going to move on from that. <laughs> so, so, so I still was able to make the joke. Anyway, so blame it on the stroke. I will blame that on the stroke. Blame it on the stroke, Marcus. Marcus, name that song. Blame it on the stroke. Who came up with that original tune called "Blame It on the Rain"? I don't know. Millie Vanilli. Oh, God, yeah. The original fraudsters. Millie they Vanilli. were Madoff before Madoff. Millie Vanilli? They were lip syncing. They stole someone else's music, sold it as their own, made a fortune. Incredible. I didn't know that about them. You just thought they were good? They were good I dancers. I didn't think they were good what? either. How dare, how dare <laughs> you? How dare you? I didn't think they were good either. But. That's because you, you didn't know when they broke on the scene. We'd never seen anything like that before. Hmm. Like what? Millie Vanilli. Like that. They were great. Mm. Blame it on the rain. <laughs> we didn't know. They were lip syncing those frauds. Where are they now? This is... I, I don't know. We're, oh, you're listening to comedy radio. We're listening to NPR. <laughs> NPR Marcus Farrow. NPR with a pulse. I think we're learning about the uh, systemic racism of riparian water rights on the Slocum River. Um... <laughs> And Millie Vanilli. <laughs> and my and stroke. Millie Vanilli. We're, we're learning about we're how... We're learning about Millie Vanilli. How handicapped people can still have fun. <laughs> God. 
That's because we don't have to we don't have to walk as far across the parking lot. <laughs> although although it's not as fun with the people um, watching. It's, it's worth noting for for people who may not know that Chris McCarthy no, no, is, is living wh- with a disability. No, please write a letter so we can read it on the air. And laugh at you. <laughs> please, please complain Chris, to the FCC so I can read Chris, it on the Chris air. Ma- Chris McCarthy is is living with a or more than one disability, so he can make jokes about it. And might have been before I ever got COVID. <laughs> I just didn't have the literary license to run with. Oh man! So. Um, <laughs> Marcus, I'm going to get you that T-shirt that woman's wearing. <laughs> so we'll have Ted Nisi if he wants to join us. I would. He may decide better of better of it, but um, the uh, but Marcus, j- just to, to, to get, come back to the series, we're going to talk about it in the nine o'clock hour. But really, we haven't seen. I know some people are complaining, but I, I think that we've never seen such a dynamic political situation in the city of New Bedford in years. The city council, I mean, I don't know who got Woods, who got Burgo, the Woodstock typewriter, but he's out there banging out press releases. I like it. You like this, especially he's using a Woodstock typewriter. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I- Alger Hess used a Woodstock typewriter. That's what nailed him. Oh, Okay. By the way, I found out I don't think Shane knew what Shane Denistas meant. I, um... It's okay. It, it, it was a generational joke. I probably should have I assumed knew it. that. You did, but you're, you're a lot older than him, too. Sorry to break that to you. <laughs> He's 29. You're, I'm 34. He's 29? Yeah. I thought he was younger than that. No, I think he's 29. <laughs> well, well, that doesn't help. Well, well, I thought he well, was like 24 well, years old. Iran Contra was what the late 80s. If so. it ever really happened. <laughs> I would you, urge everyone. What do you mean? Go on YouTube. Go on YouTube. Oh, don't type in SNL Iran Contra. It's one of the greatest skits of all time. Ronald Reagan is played by the guy um, who got who, whose wife later killed him. Later killed him. He's a really good character. Um, not um, what's his name? He was on news radio. He was, was on that on show news, news radio. radio. He was. He was. So he's playing Reagan. Who's, he, he, and he played Troy McGlure on The Simpsons, right? I and they and I think they killed his character off. Uh, uh, they had to. Well, they didn't just kill his, his character. His wife off. killed his character off. Let's be honest. Um. News. She shot him in the face. Host. He was hiding the cocaine. Uh, News radio. That's that's what the police said. Uh, Actor. In Saturday Night Live. Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman. How 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 quickly we forget? How quickly Um, we forget? His wife's doing life. I think so. Unless she whacked herself afterwards. But um, Phil Hartman plays Reagan. I'm unsure. And it is. Phil Hartman playing Reagan, and he also played Bill Clinton. He did. He played him really well. Mm-hmm. I remember so, that actually. Not yeah. as well as Clinton played America, but he played him well. <laughs> so the um, the character as Reagan, he comes out. You know, he's very very nice, but he's also, you know, an, an amicable dunce as they called him. Right. So they bring in a girl scout. He takes a picture. Then he goes. They usher the girl out, and then he starts. He brings in his cabinet. So, of course, it's all the people who allegedly were running the Reagan administration. Yeah. 
right? That that's what the news was telling us. And then Reagan starts ordering them around, right? Telling them, explaining how to move the funds from this Swiss account to that Swiss account, how to buy the re- how to buy the weapons, send them to Nicaragua, how to send the other weapons to Iran. It's fascinating. It is Saturday Night Live, Iran Contra, Phil Hartman. Look it up. It's worth it, particularly if you grew up in the 80s. So, Marcus, we have this situation where Burgo got his Woodstock typewriter out, and he's churning out press releases. By the way, I say, hats off to the counselor. I like that. I like when city councilors get a press operation. I agree. Right? It shows he's got... <clears throat> Look, I disagree I, with him on a lot of issues, but I appreciate the initiative. He's standing up to the mayor. I think he's wrong, but he's standing up for himself, and in that I applaud. Yeah, I, I appreciate his... Um, I appreciate his engagement with the with the media, too, and his understanding of the importance of local media, that he is issuing press... He is issuing these letters, these sort of press releases, and he's actually uh, agreeing to come on whenever he's asked, basically, to come on. Uh, he, he comes on, and he was on with Tim earlier today. So, again, much like Ian Abreu, he works a day job. So... Ian Abreu used to have to coordinate when he'd come on with us in the daytime with his break, you know. So I, I want everyone to understand that Councillor Burgo used his lunchtime to come on with Tim. It's important because well, he works look, for the state. It's important yeah. that we point that out because um, that kind of dedication is really important. And I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, because I'm still going to skewer him on the issues, but I do appreciate that he that he made that he made <laughs> personal time took from his break. Um, and everybody watches the clock for their break. But I appreciate that he took time out of his own break to come on with I, him. I remember when I used to have um, like 15 to 20 minute breaks when I was working at Stop and Shop at, or, or at Price Right and uh, over on Hathaway Road. Right. And boy, you worked did, at Price Right? Very first job. Did you know Phil? Phil? Paleologus. No. When he had the diner, I would go food shopping with him sometimes. He would use Price Right for an emergency. Because it was right across the street. Right, right. We would go over there. It's the first time I'd ever been in there. I remember saying, oh, my God, food can be this inexpensive. I have fantastic stories about being a cashier at Price Right. I am unable to say any of them on air due to FCC <laughs> regulations. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is beautiful. I, I have, I mean, I was 16 years old, and uh, I was in an environment uh, I didn't quite understand. Um, so it was, it was really, it was... I've got I've got good stories. Maybe ask me off air. I'll probably won't tell you, but um, but yeah, that was my first job. Learned a lot, uh, and then uh, you know, do you ever tackle a shoplifter, or were you a Marxist then who thought prop ownership is theft? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there was a guy. Hey man, why are we charging these people? There was for a this guy. Stuff, man? There was an old. It was an old uh, elderly man who who um who who just said I was again. I was sixteen. I was just trying to pay for. I don't know, gas, right? And so um, this guy handed me a, a chicken. And you spelled ga- you spelled marijuana wrong when you said gas. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. That's what people call it. So that's, um, that's actually true. So uh, so he so he uh, so he hands me a chicken. He goes, hey, can you put this in the bag for me? I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll put it in the bag. And so I put it in the bag. He hangs it on a, another elderly woman's wheelchair, who I assume is his wife. And then he starts rolling out, rolling her out of the. Uh, out of the store, oh, and then someone said, "Hey, Marcus, did they pay for that?" Right. Like, no. <laughs> and so I go, "Hey, wait!" And he goes, "Gee, dig it!" 
They were a team. Yeah. They were Bonnie yeah. and Clyde on wheels. Yeah. <laughs> so. By the uh, way, what's she doing these days? I Maybe I take her parking spot. <laughs> I Get don't it? know. Another handicap. That was, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was, oh my God. When's was 2006? Was that? Oh, then I guess we know 17 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with you. See you later. (laughs) She's with us. She's always. She's everywhere. She's in (laughs) Valhalla. She's everywhere. (laughs) She joined Ferris. (laughs) Oh man, we gotta take a break. We'll be right back. Uh, yes, we do. I will choose free will. So, Marcus, um, getting coming to the Burgo uh, mayor thing, the one oh. thing that I really like about Burgo doing this, even though I happen to think the mayor's correct, is that he's breaking out of the pack mentality that the council has had for too long. Yeah. Where they wait for the other ones. He got out his Woodstock typewriter, banged out a press release, and... Um, look, I think that more of the counselors, in this case, ought to follow Burgo's lead. Um, get your own press operation. It's not that hard to write a press release. Right, Marcus? It's not. No. We and it really to, changes the conversation. We used to do them all the time when we were doing Hughes' campaign. Right. It, was, it gets it's really people, easy. It well, gets the discussion going in your direction. When you're an elected official, you just... You just write up a thing and you send it to the media and you have drafted a press release. And you have added your voice to the conversation. Because here's the thing. When you're an elected official and you just say stuff, it matters. You just come on. If you say stuff publicly, it just matters because you're in a position to do something about the things that you say. But putting it in writing and sending it to the media... It's very, in, it's very inexpensive, and it's not doesn't take much time, but it lasts. Yeah. Let's do another break before Ted Nisi joins us. Sounds good. New Bedford's News Talk Station. 1420 WBSM. You've spent all day hearing about the news. Now's your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to South Coast Tonight. And welcome back to the show. I'm Chris McCarthy. As always, Marcus Farrow is holding the fort down with me. Ted will be joining us soon. Ted Nisi from Channel 12 WPRI will be joining us. Always a good guest. Yeah, I always uh, enjoy having Ted on. Looking forward to hearing a little bit more about his story that we'll definitely be watching tomorrow um, before South Coast tonight. So, it, um, Again, when it comes to television news covering New Bedford, Channel 12 is, does a really, really good job. It's great, yeah. Um, that newsmakers program they do on Sunday is fantastic. Yeah. They have a camera that that uh, I assume is positioned in Fairhaven based on the angle. 
It just during the you know going into the break, you know they have the cameras that well, show. Well, there's much more things to film on the New Bedford side of the bridge. Yeah, but I'm saying it's a, it's the New Bedford camera. I assume it's placed in Fairhaven. No, no, it is just yeah. from the angle, so it won't be stolen. <laughs> what are you going to do? Put a camera in New Bedford and point it at the grass growing in Fairhaven? Come on, they're looking to pick up news, Marcus. It's right in the title. I think it's just for the weather. <laughs> I don't know. Let's talk to Ted. <laughs> hey, hey, Ted. Hey, good evening, Ted Nisi. How are you, my friend? Good, gentlemen. How are you doing? Very, very well. So, so what's going on, Ted? You, you had a great story coming up. Explain to the listeners what you guys have done over there. Yeah, so after the um, Attleboro special election, by the way, I apologize in advance, I'm in my car, so I hope we will have a good signal for you guys. Um, I, after the Attleboro special election for mayor, um, we got interested in voter turnout in these municipal elections because it was so bad. It was 16.5%. And, of course, uh, actually, New Bedford, as we all know, listeners to this show, had a special election for council that I think was even worse six, on voter turnout. Six percent. A, Meaning close, six yes, percent. almost 100 percent of the people didn't show up. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. It's exactly. like a rack it, it, under Baghdad and under, under Saddam Hussein. It's amazing. Right. Exactly. It's really bad. So, uh, you know, there was a report out last year about this issue by MassVote, one of the nonpartisan, you know, get people to go to the polls kind of groups. And I remembered it. So I, we, we did kind of a survey of the turnout trends in the four Bristol County cities, and uh, we surveyed the mayors about what they think about potential solutions to all of this. And the interesting thing is we have a comparison across the border because Rhode Island got rid of its off-year municipal elections a decade ago. And the turnout, for example, in Central Falls, the number of votes cast for mayor went from 500 to 4,000. Wow. Uh, in the sp- from 2013 to 2016. So without giving the whole story away, tomorrow night at 5 and 6 on Channel 12, we're going to take kind of a look at the trends, which of the cities are doing best and worst, what the mayors think can be done about it. I'm really looking forward to that, Ted. Um, so I, I just wanted to just clarify something because, yeah, as people may know, or a lot of people apparently don't know, but uh, okay. Massachusetts has off-year uh, municipal elections for cities. I mean, every year there's a town election, but municipal right. elections for cities are, are every odd year. Um, so in Rhode Island, for example, Rhode, uh, Providence just elected their, their newest mayor, uh, Brett Smiley, um, in, in the, this last election in 2022. Meanwhile, New Bedford's going to be looking at their mayoral election this year. So um, Rhode Island's my so so it might so is it Rhode Island's um, uh, municipal elections are on the the midterm schedule? They are now. So um, it was sort of a slow process uh, because Providence has done uh, its elections on even years for years now for mayor, but you had some cities that were still doing odd years as recently as the early 2010s. Really good example, actually. It's interesting is Central Falls. Um, smallest city in Rhode Island next to Pawtucket. And it was famously um, one of the first cities in the country to go bankrupt back in 2011. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, their mayor at the time, Charles Moreau, uh, later went to prison. I, I think he went to prison. He definitely got in trouble uh, for corruption uh, related to how the city was being run, et cetera, et cetera. And when they went bankrupt, a receiver came in and was kind of put in charge of the whole city, basically had dictatorial powers. 
one of the changes he made was changing the city charter to move mayoral elections to even years from the odd years because he felt that turnout and engagement was so low in these odd year mayoral elections in Central Falls that it was allowing uh, a corrupt mayor in that case to kind of retain power because he and his cronies knew how to work the system and, you know, give away enough jobs at City Hall, et cetera, to keep control of things. And large swaths of the populace were just not engaged with the fact they were supposed to be going to vote um, that year. So it's, it's an interesting thing. And we just thought when Socket also switched in around in the last decade. So it's, it's been done. And obviously, so many more people naturally are going to the polls in those even years that inevitably you're going to have higher mayoral turnout. So your special will be on what time tomorrow, Ted? Uh, Five o'clock and six o'clock in two parts tomorrow on Channel 12. And I I think it'll be available online as well, right? Oh, yep. We'll post it right afterwards. Yep. Great. Um, So we're speaking with Ted Nisi. Um, So, so Ted, uh, I just saw you you post on on Twitter that... uh, I'm not supposed to plug other people's Twitters on, on the air. I'm in trouble now. <laughs> we'll, we'll deal with you later. We'll deal with you oh, later, Faro. It's my last show. So, uh, so uh, WPRI celebrating an anniversary today. Yes, uh, we are 68 years old, but we only look 62, I think. Yeah, <laughs> you thanks. moisturize, right? Yeah, exactly, Chris. You know how it is. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, I, you know, I... You guys know, you've had me on enough. I know you too well. I love history, um, and so I also enjoy the history of my own institution. Sure. And 1955, that's when Channel 12 came on the air. We were... Oh, man. Ted? 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 Uh, the... Are you in a tunnel? Hey, hey, Ted. Oh, Ted, you, you hear me now? Are you in you, that tunnel? You're just going to have to repeat everything you just said. 1955, go. I'm holding the phone. How about... You're not driving, are you, Ted? That's illegal in Massachusetts. You better be, you, you better have crossed you the line. You better not be in Plymouth County. You better not be in Montigny County. Right. With, with, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ted. Oh man. Oh, Ted. Well, if, if he That's can. That's terrible. Why don't you um? What time? Up, oh, he's gone. He'll be calling me. I know oh, he's serious. Right serious. Hey, Ted, Ted, you're back. Well, I, at least I'm very genuine today. I'm calling from southeastern Mass because I'm driving home to Rhode Island from Wheaton College where I teach. So you're in Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, you can see how good the uh, you see how good the you're literally is. breaking the law right now. Driving. Yeah, I know. I know. Don't well. Don't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> so we'll to, the author we'll of that to, bill, Senator Montigny, listens every night. So I know that's true. I know, but you know, at the legislature, they know you can't expect every law to be. <laughs> you can ask the it. last four speakers of the yeah, house. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. Exactly, exactly. Prohibition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you guys get it. Yeah. You guys get it. All right. For the sake of you're going to get a ticket. Back right. to the back. So um, we're. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So we're speaking with Ted Nisi. He's got a um, a. A special on uh, local voter turnout here in New Bedford and other places in Bristol County. That's going to drop tomorrow at 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock in two parts on Channel 12. Um, so, Ted, uh, what other, what, what other, what's on Newsmakers this week? Well, you were, um, I think, starting to ask me before I lost my service about Channel 12's birthday today. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 1955. 1955. We were actually owned by Cherry and Webb. The uh, department store. Yeah, they, they had a store um, in New Bedford. Yeah. yeah, just as Channel 10 was owned by uh, the Outlet Company at the time. All the department stores would begin to broadcasting. Um, and it's actually kind of a funny story because Channel 12 was supposed to come on the air in 1953, 
But there was a big fight because what is now Channel 64, our own sister station, Fox Providence, the owners fought to keep us off the air for two years at the <laughs> FCC wow. because of something to do with the deals between who was owning who and the, and the whole thing. So it, 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 we got on a little later than we were supposed to, but we've been making up for lost time. I like to think. Absolutely. Ted, um, I, I, I watched the last newsmakers. Uh, you had Senator Cano from, yep. uh, from uh, Pat- Pawtucket. Um, that special election in Rhode Island, very, very interesting. Oh, so for people who don't know, um, David Cicilline, who's the longtime uh, congressional dis- uh, CD1 uh, congressman, is leaving in June. So there'll be a special election to fill his seat. Yeah, so, you know, we thought one of the big heavy hitters would get into this race, either House Speaker Joe Shikarchi, right. uh, who's a Rhode Island House Speaker, or Helena Folks, who came close to winning the Democratic primary for governor last year, but they both took a pass. Uh, folks clearly still wants to run for governor again next time around, mm-hmm. and I think has their eye on that. And Shikarchi, honestly, I think realized that you can do more as Speaker of the House, even in a small state like Rhode Island, than you can as the you know Democrat number 435 in a 435-member House in yeah. Washington uh, when they're in the minority, no less. So, Ted, um, you, I, I believe you broke the, the, the very important detail that Sakarchi had, had a head start on all of this. Uh, explain that to the voters. Yeah, so he, um, well, it's funny. He actually had a head start because he thought about all this last year mm-hmm. when Jim Langevin retired. I mean, it's so weird that Rhode Island has had both its house seats come up empty in the space of two years because just yeah. like Massachusetts, everyone stays forever in the congressional delegation in Rhode Island usually. Right. Um, and Langevin, it turns out, actually gave... Shikarchi, uh, like a week and a half heads up that he was going to retire. He didn't tell him anybody else and pushed him to run last year. So Shikarchi said, you know, he's been thinking long and hard longer than anybody else about whether he should be running for Congress at the moment. It just happened. The other seat now opened up too. Um, but he met, it's kind of funny. He met with us Senator Jack Reed at the IHOP in Warwick. The new Capitol big- grill. I think you called it. Yeah. I called it the new Capitol <laughs> grill. The IHOP in Warwick near the airport. Right. And, um, you know, they had a big, you know, not I think I come to Jesus. I think Reed, you know, Reed tries hard to stay neutral in these Democratic primaries. But, you know, talked about what it really means to be in Washington right now, et cetera, et cetera. And Sikarchi came away from that just saying, I can do more speakers. So he took a pass just like folks did. So now uh, it's just wide, wide open. And so far, I think as of today, we have seven or eight Democrats either registered with the FEC, declared officially or whatnot. Um, plenty more are looking at it, including serious candidates. So, you know, I think you could end up with maybe a dozen people in this race, at least initially. But then the question, of course, is will they all stay in, you know, to the filing deadline in the state uh, all the way to the end of the election, which we expect the primary we expect will be in August or September. But really going to have a lot of people and then nobody with a ton of money so far uh which should make it pretty competitive well the lieutenant governor doesn't have a ton of money she has 488 dollars it's not that much uh, how much 400 bucks 488 almost 500 chris let's be let's be charitable (laughs) wait 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 wait. hold on hold on hold on four hundred thousand no no four hundred bucks Oh God. I was going to say, 400000 isn't that much for, for uh, no, no. lieutenant governor or congressional candidate. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. She uh, <laughs> used up every dime in her account and, you know, also I think owes herself $150,000 to boot um, from what she spent on her race to become lieutenant governor. Because people remember she, Sabina Matos, was appointed 
uh, when McKee took over for Ramundo. Yeah, she was city council element. president in Rhode Island. Yeah, exactly. In, in uh, Providence, yeah. But yeah, she's got like 500 bucks uh, in her state account and obviously didn't have any federal money. So even though she's the only one currently running in a statewide office, so far it, it doesn't bring any immediate financial advantage. Like it, where Shikarchi, we were all talking about him, he has almost $2 million in his account. Um, so he, that's part of why we thought he'd have a big, big head start, but he, he took a pass. You know, Ted, when, when I was hearing you, uh, you and Tim White and the, uh, and the professor talking about it um, on, on Newsmakers this weekend, I was thinking, we're going to have a similar situation over here when, when Keating, who's already said mm-hmm. he's going to be retiring in the next couple of years, that's going to be a big, wide-open race. And I would assume they'll get a Republican, but the primary action will be on the Democrat side. We've got mm-hmm. Senator Montigny as a possible candidate, John Mitchell as a possible candidate. That really is going to be very interesting. I'm sure you guys will be all over that. What are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, I, I think that's going to be a big one. And, and look, I, I, if you had told me that Keating would outlast Cicilline, right. um, yeah. they were elected the same year. They were elected right. together in 2010. That's right. Um, so they came up together. They were two of the only Democrats who won, a, won an open seat in 2010, uh, back, feels like a million years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's it, just a reminder here that you can get surprised, right? Mm. Even in New England, where it feels like so many of our elections are you know, a fait accompli because it's just Democrats, 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 you know, retirement in some ways, retirements now matter more than the election day because incumbents are so rarely defeated. It's about the timing they choose for coming and going. So yeah, I think Julian Steer, the state Senator on the Cape, right. Would probably be a candidate in that race. Dylan Fernandes too, the state rep over there. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so let's not count out, let's not count out Jeff deal. I think he lives in that congressional. He does actually. (laughs) Sad to say he does. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, third time's a charm. Uh, Karen, uh, Karen, Karen Polito lives uh, lives in Dartmouth. Polito, yep. D.A. Tim Cruz. Some, there yeah, are some so, Republicans. Yeah, so I think, you know, and, and if it's an open seat in the right year, right, right. Cicilline, people forget, only won this seat, which is so Democratic, by five or six points in 2010 because it was such a terrible year for Democrats, and it was an open seat. So um, you never know. But I think, oh, God, I think these primaries, I mean, look back at the 4th District to replace Joe Kennedy. Right. Um, that we all talked about yeah. back then. I mean, you had, I think you peaked at nine or ten candidates on the Democratic mm-hmm. side. Kevin were still active on Election Day, and, you know, at least a half dozen of them were credible on some level. You yes. know, had some money, had some support. So, you know, they, and Jay Gockenclaus won with 23%. Of least, I will not be surprised if that happens again now in Rhode Island. Ted, at least a, ha- at least a half dozen out of, uh, uh, oh, I thought, okay, I'm thinking, because there were seven candidates that ran, right? I would say probably, yeah, yeah, that there makes sense. There were seven on election day. There were seven on had, election day. Yeah. I think we had nine going into August. Yeah. Dave Cavell got out. Um, Haru got out. Man. Yeah, the, that businessman whose name escapes me got out. Uh, right Mitt Romney. Uh, <laughs> Mitt Romney. No, oh, Chris, <laughs> yeah. I know who that is. Chris, you know I mean? Chris Xanatos was his name. Oh, what? How do you remember that? <laughs> I don't know. against the guy, but wow, that <laughs> is impressive. I know. He didn't even nice Google guy. it. He actually, we, we interviewed all those candidates, and he was the one that actually uh, forgot to, to, to call in. So we were just kind of well, like, I think that was so the you're end just mad at campaign, him. They said. they said it was once you've missed your BSM slot. That's, that was it. Done. Yeah. You're certainly I done with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I think you could, I, you know, you never know. I, I've learned to be careful what I say anytime I'm on any airwaves because he can play it back to me later when I was wrong. But we wouldn't do tell, that. You can tell, Chris, do tell that. Chris that lesson, please. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I'm mean, immune. You know, this is going to be this is going to be a barn burner because 
especially now, I mean, there might not be two Rhode Island U.S. house seats the next time one of these is opening up, right? I mean, right, I, yeah. I really have trouble seeing Rhode Island keeping both seats after the next census. Well, they, they cheated to get the... Um, we're, we're, we, they cheated. So Rhode Island, for, for, for people who don't know, every 10 years, the census, uh, during, they take a census in, in this country, and then that's how they decide the congressional seats based on the, based on the population. Rhode Island was widely expected to lose one of their seats, but they met, ended up keeping their seat, and it's because they cheated and lied about the population you know, size. such a mean way to put it, Chris. <laughs> the Rhode Islanders think they counted aggressively. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in true fashion. Raise your hand and remember you have two hands. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, hey, you know what? Shame on Texas for not, you know, they have even more people to count twice and they didn't bother. So that's on them, not us. <laughs> that's true. So, Ted, um, what what is uh, your lovely wife, uh, Kim Clooney, is a part of the Channel 12 team as well. What's she doing? What's she working on now? Well, at the moment, because I'm out, she is working on the baby, keeping our child alive at 10 months old. <laughs> but Kim actually, Kim's been doing a great series, and she's doing a, actually, I think she's working on a, a upcoming Bristol County uh, Southeastern Mass story for her. The cold case series she does about the uh, unsolved murders in our region. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, always interesting. I mean, the, the families, you know, it's amazing. She finds ones where, you know, they said it wasn't. A murder, and then they were look again twenty years later and say, "Oh, actually, this person was murdered." She just had one like that. It's, yeah, it's, it's exactly. terrifying, quite frankly. She's working on. Um, she, she's talking to DA Quinn, I believe, about one right now that they're working on. Uh, as you can see, I haven't mastered the details of her reporting. I can barely keep up with my own reporting. So right, right. See them when they air with her, but yeah. And she's also she's she's having a lot of these uh, first district candidates in on the four o'clock newscast because we have the room in that broadcast to do uh, Q and A's. So, you know, she'll troop them through and put them through their paces. I laughed last year because we get a little competitive at home, and I found that she was in more attack ads than I was uh, <laughs> asking tough questions. So right. I felt like I'd really fallen down on the job a little bit. <laughs> we're speaking with Ted Nisi from Channel 12 WPRI.com. Remember, he's got a story come up that, that features New Bedford. Uh, it'll, it'll broadcast tomorrow night. At, uh, at uh, 5 and 6 o'clock in two parts. Five so you're going yep. to want to tune into that. Ted, who do you have on Newsmakers this week? I have to go away for a wedding, so that's Tim's problem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I actually think I was more. We had a guest lined up actually, and he told me this morning that guest might uh, have to reschedule, so he might be uh, he might be booking at the last. Mitchell might get a call for a last minute sub or something like that. We'll see who we. I'm sure he'll but. take it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> boy, are you got yeah, you bet for never a dull moment no. down there. You got never a dull moment. And, we don't even know if he's running, and he, the council president won't talk to him. Every time I turn around, there's some drama on you. But you're, you're going to become the new Fall River down there. Hey, don't hey, say no. that. Well, don't say that. We, we we have the uh, we have the mayor Wednesday, so we're going to ask him some creative in some creative way if he's going to announce his candidacy here right. on South Coast tonight. Ted. Um, uh, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Again, that story, uh, it's about voter turnout in Bristol County. It features New Bedford. It's on at 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock tomorrow on Channel 12 in two parts. Ted Nisi, WPRI Channel 12. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Ted. Guys, thank you always for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chris McCarthy, and Marcus Farrow's here as always, holding down the fort. Always fun to have Ted Nisi in. Yeah, I, I, Ted's one of my favorite guests. 
I enjoy Ted. He knows a lot of stuff. He's funny, and uh, we uh, it's always a good segment. And he's we, got family right now listening on. <clears throat> right here. Absolutely. So that's good. Um, we've got... Uh, and he breaks us. He's a, he's a very infamous scofflaw. <laughs> Driving around. Scofflaw. Breaking the, the, <laughs> breaking the driving while speaking. He's a scofflaw. <laughs> He's as bad as they come. <laughs> so, um, so uh, there'll be a ticket waiting for him in the studio. So, yeah. an enterprising cop will write him a ticket. We got to get him back in studio. That was that was that well, was. He's going to be driving like that. We're not going to have him here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Mark, for the next hour, we'll be taking people's phone calls five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. As you can see, folks, even in the metropolis of Providence, they're following this feud with the city council. And Mayor Mitchell. It is, it's quite a thing, uh, honestly. It's quite a thing. It's, yeah, um, because here's the thing. Like, I, I, hey, I didn't know Burgo had it in him. I, di- I did. I think he's, he's always been pretty, I mean, you know, he's, he's come in, he's taken the, I think he's taken some pretty hard questions from you and me. Oh, no, I, I knew he could take the questions. I didn't think he would be willing to go this hard at the mayor. Because mm. it's really Burgo versus the mayor right now. I think so. I mean, you if you want to say he's an arrow catcher for for, for Linda Morad, well, maybe what, he is. But, I think that's uh, what the entire council is at this point, right? I want to well, talk more about that actually. When we we're going to do it the nine o'clock. We're going to do that in the nine o'clock hour. We're going to have a lot of talk. Uh, so you can also go to wbsm.com. By the way, let's let's use this time and space to push. And it'll, you're let's not use, supposed to tell him you're going to push something on the mic. Yeah, <laughs> Supposed to subtly trick them into doing what you want. Go try Don't look behind the curtain, folks. Marcus blew the act. Let's. What we, what we think you'd really drive the van up, right. open the doors. Right. What do you want him to do? Here's Marcus? a lollipop. Him, right. Um. And so we got puppies. We got puppies and candy. Don't you like puppies and candy? Who doesn't? <laughs> Don't worry, you're not coming back anyway. So, so what do you want um, him to do? <laughs> There's a quick run. <laughs> Get it out. The commercial break is going to happen. I, uh, I want you to download our podcast, please. <laughs> we'll give you a puppy and some candy. Just give us your address. We'll bring it over. Right after 10 o'clock. Don't worry about it. I'll be the guy with a limp and a clown mask. There's... um, 508-996-0500. Yeah. There's... I think we've got to take another break. Do we have to take a break? I think so. We don't... No, you you think we're all right? Yeah. Do we? That's all right. The... um, It'll be coming... Yeah, it'll be coming up. No, we don't, yeah. Yeah. So, um, folks, if you can't tell, we've reversed roles here. I'm on this side of the microphone, or this side of the board, which you don't know what that means because you can't see us. But normally I'm over in the passage passive chair, you know, because I'm handicapped, and I can't do anything. Um, what I can do is not productive, right, to, to the radio show. Like, I unplug my own headphones. All kinds of Three Stooges stuff I'm doing over here. But, listen, I'm here to make you laugh. <laughs> By that, I mean Marcus, because he could see it. So, um, he's my Ed McMahon, and I appreciate it. So, um, tonight, any of the screw-ups, 
Normally they're just Marcus's pure neglect and indifference. <laughs> but tonight, true. I'm really trying. But, true. but I do have serious physical... <laughs> I'm not crying. I'm laughing about it. <laughs> serious fag and a paycheck for life. But I got a serious physical limitation. It's not bad. It's like, the, it's not it's like bad. you hit the lottery. <laughs> paycheck for life. You ever see what happens to people that hit the lottery? Their life is destroyed. Like mine. <laughs> Like mine. <laughs> but if you want to join in the laugh, you can. 508-996-0500. I don't want to hear any of your sad stories. I just, just the stuff I can make fun of, which is myself. Yeah. No, I don't want to, no, I, I don't want to hear that either. I don't want to make, you know, no sad stories. Oh, man. Because I have a feeling you haven't worked it out as well as I have as far as material to make jokes. If you're what? handicapped at home. It's funnier when you're doing it in front of an audience. Yeah. At home, I cry. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, but here, I, here I, find, I find a reason to laugh. <laughs> All right, those satellites going to kick in. Stick around. We got the upcoming news. Then, then we'll be back uh, in the next hour to talk about the Burgo versus Mitchell feud. Yeah. It's like the Alamo for one of them. <laughs> I don't know who John Wayne is. We already figured out that Burgo is Teddy Roosevelt, if this is uh, the progressive era. The progressive era. And yeah, it's yeah, certainly yeah. not. It should be. What's next? You're going to ban opium? <laughs>